Everyone all right? Whose faith's been challenged this week? Any f- people getting challenged by, with, with their faith? Whose faith's down here? Anyone? Yeah? Whose faith's up here? Yeah, a few people up here? Whose faith midway? A few midways? What I believe that today is going to be a day of overflow for all of you. So whether you're down here, you're going to overflow. From Whether you're down here, you're going to overflow. And if you're, if you're up here, you're going to still overflow. Yeah, okay, I'll believe by myself. If me and Holy Spirit believes together, we can do miracles in the room. And imagine if every, every, each and every one of us have faith in the room to believe that God's going to do overflow in our life. Can you see my nails? That was from yesterday, Pinkalicious. It's not pink, it's black because um, black suits everything. <laughs> so we had a good time at Pinkalicious yesterday, painting, um, pampering um, a lot of um, kids and a lot of adults um, in Porirua yesterday with um, the Pacifica Mental Health Men's and Women's. And so it was an awesome day just to be around the community of Porirua because Hills is not just for Wainui Mata, Hills is for the nations and nations above. And so we have to go to every part of our city to make an impact. And if it means painting nails, it means painting nails. If it means that I have to get my nails painted, it means that I have to get my nails painted. Why? Because it's worth it. It's worth the soul to be talked to. It's worth the souls that we talk to to um, make a difference. And so even if we don't even get to talk to them, we get to smile to them and make a difference. And so um, I, I encourage us to be part if you have free time, any time when there's something on, get amongst it. Amen. Amen. Okay, thank you. Um, whose faith here has been challenged over the last three weeks? Um, today, I... I, I I sense, I was sensing it last night. Um, that people just need one encounter with Jesus and he can change anybody's life. But he, need, he needs faith-filled believers to be activators in their walks of life. As we've learned over the last three weeks, yeah, three weeks, faith is a gift from God. Can I get amen? We're participating, right? Faith is a gift from God. We cannot boast when God moves when we apply faith because it wasn't our ability or from our own efforts that someone gets healed because of our faith. It's not because of our own efforts that someone gets a breakthrough because of our faith. It's because of God. Yes, faith is needed and required, but it's because of God. Are you guys right? If it wasn't for God stepping into my life, if I think about my life, if it wasn't for God stepping into my life, nothing in my life would have changed. Think about your life. If Jesus never stepped into your room or if Jesus never stepped into your circumstance, your life would probably be the same or even worse. But God stepped into my life. And I needed faith for God to step into my life. But it's whom I put my faith in that makes a difference. 
Do you get that? It's who I put my faith in that makes a difference. We can have faith in a lot of things. But it's in whom we put our faith into that makes the difference. If we put our faith into our workplace or put our faith into our money, you'll reap whatever that's in there, which is nothing. Death. But when we sow our life and have faith in the giver of life, what comes back? Life. Are you right? And today I want to stir us up. Today I want to stir our faith up in hopes that you can grab some tools from today, tools of truth that will shift your life in the way that you think and live. I had to like check my own life because my own life, literally what I'm about to speak to you is what I activate and do in my own life. And it sometimes drives my wife nuts. It even drives people nuts and my family nuts at times because of the way I live and think. And it will make sense soon. But quick story. When I looked at my life this week, I was like, Lord, I'm looking at my life. I looked at my life this week. Has anyone like actually took time to look at their life? You look at your life and you're like, then you look back. Have you do, do you do that? I do that a lot. I, I love looking back on last year and the years before and what my life looks like now. So when I was looking back at my life with God, I haven't actually always been faithful and faith-filled. Two different things. I haven't always been faithful or faith-filled. I've turned my back against God and I've lost faith in God when I look back. There was many times that I stopped going back to God and stopped being faithful towards God and there are times where I turned my back against God and lost all my faith in God. Who's been there? Yeah? You've been there? Like, be honest. Because if you're honest with it, then we can call it out and you can start shifting in your life. Because you know why? Circumstances and situations got the better of me. Who's been there? Circumstances and situations got the better of you. Where you lost your faith. And so instead of having faith in God, your faith became either shaky, non-existent, or your faith was put in something else or someone else. Can anyone relate? Where your faith have been, whose faith been shaky before? Shaky faith? Whose faith has been non-existent before? <laughs> oh, there's only three of us. Come on, there should be more of us non-existent. <laughs> Maybe your faith was put in something else or someone else. Yeah? I am certain, whether you're honest or not with me today, whether you're honest with yourself or not today, that you've battled one of the three. And you know what? I can guarantee we'll battle one or all three again. And so I want to ask us this question, which is also the title of my message. And it's something um, that I feel that we need to engage with, is what is coming out of you? That's the question. What is coming out of you? It's one thing to say you have faith, but what happens when your back's against the wall? What happens when situations in your life starts to challenge your faith? Or situations and circumstances in your life starts taking over your faith? What happens when you have more questions and no answers? In that moment, I, wanna, I want you to ask yourself, 
in those moments, what is coming out of me? And that is an important question each and every one of us need to ask ourselves. What is coming out of me? The thing is, it's easy when you rely on someone else's faith. I am, I am the person who relied on so many other faiths. When you have parents who are like faithful believers, when you have parents who believe for you and like love you and cheer you on and do all this other stuff, it's so easy to be faith-filled because you're relying and taking on someone else's faith for a breakthrough. It's easy to rely on someone else's faith to rely for your salvation because I hear it a lot. Oh, because my parents are saved, I'm saved. Who's used that? I'm good, I'm good, my parents are pastors. I'm good, I'm good, my parents go to church. And we have this sort of faith, I don't know how we got it in the Western church, that we believe that we're saved because my parents save. But I can remember what the Bible says is that we all go up to the Father and we'll be by ourselves before Him. And He will check on us and say, what have you done? Whether you'll be good or faithful servant or I never knew you, get away from me. We think that we go up to heaven with, as a family. No, you go up to individuals. I've seen and experienced this, and I know many of you can relate. And like, quick story, like I can remember every time we went on a plane with my parents, I knew I was good. Why? Because they love Jesus, and I know Jesus won't make us crash. And if I was by myself and I knew that there was another believer on there, or if I knew there was another pastor on there, for some reason, in my mind, I'm going to make it to the other side. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Yeah? Like, you just know, because you have, like, someone else, you're like, oh, because they're there, we're not going to die. We're, gonna, we're good, we're good. And for some reason, we've, we have adopted this type of faith in the church, and it's not new. It's not new, and I want to bring the story up, and you probably know this story, but I want to bring a twist to the story that literally Holy Spirit showed me last night. He made me see it through another lens that I've never saw it in, and I've never heard it before, and it may be spoken about somewhere else, but it hasn't been spoken to me. And so we're going to go to Mark chapter 2, 1 to 5, where we show, he shows an example of someone receiving healing because of someone else's faith. In verse 1, and again he entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house. Jesus was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that they were no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Everyone say four men. I've been searching and searching and searching I've heard many pastors preach there were four friends. I can't find any context that there were friends. Just think about it. And then, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they broke through, they let down the bed on the paralytic, uh, on the, which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Say, when they saw their faith, when Jesus saw, say this, Jesus saw their faith. 
Say that again. When Jesus saw their faith. So like quick recap, recap, recap. Four men had faith to believe for a paralytic man to be healed for, by Jesus, right? Quick story. Four men didn't, have, didn't just have faith, but they action faith to the point where they lowered the paralytic down a roof. That's crazy. Like they didn't just have faith to believe for this man, but they went to the extent of going to a roof to lower the man. That's quite some faith. Jesus saw the four men's faith and the paralytic man received his healing and breakthrough. The paralytic did. Nothing happened to the four men other than they just brought someone to Jesus. The paralytic man didn't have faith to believe for himself, but he's still received by God. This is a great example of someone relying on someone else. This is faith for healing and breakthrough. Now, let's put ourselves in the context of the paralytic man. We want to be the four friends, right? You want to be the four friends? I want to be the four friends. But let's put ourselves in the story as the paralytic man. We don't know the backstory of the paralytic man. We only know he was paralytic. We only know that there was four guys who took him to Jesus, and that's about it. When looking at the story, we always see and hear that the, that the faith of the four men in the story and the importance of allowing others to carry you when you can't carry yourself. You know, do you know the story? We use the story to like really bring home that we need others to help us. When we are faithless, we need someone else's faith to pull us through. Why? Because sometimes we feel faithless. Sometimes we feel hopeless. Sometimes we're in the pit and we can't get out. So we need someone else's hand and faith to bring us out. And so the story is so important. When you don't have faith, Make sure you have faith-filled friends or people who can believe for you and with you. And with the story, I believe it 100% that we need people around us to be people who are faith-filled to bring us out of pits when we can't bring it ourselves. I believe that 100%. But, 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 but. I want to take an angle of the paralytic to challenge us this morning. And I put it literally on like in bold letters, mind-blowing point. Because <laughs> that was me last night. I was sitting on the couch, like, I think it was like 11 30, 12 o'clock. And I was like, mind blowing point, boom. I'm like, whoa, why didn't I see this before? It's because I just take information from other people and just make it Bible. But if I read the Bible myself, I can start understanding what Holy Spirit wants me to understand. And you know what? It's not just for me, it's for each and every one of us. When you read the Bible, something pops out. Because I was seeking God. I was like, God, can you show me something? I know you want me to bring this, but show me something that pops out. And I have this mind-blowing point that you might not think it's mind-blowing, but it's mind-blowing to me. And because I've got the mic, I can share it. So with this paralytic man, we know he got healed, right? And it was the faith of four men who brought him to Jesus, right? We know the story. So this is the mind-blowing point. This paralytic man, oh, this man was paralytic. Yeah, yeah, of course, Jordan, yeah, we know that. But he wasn't mute. I need you to think. This, para, this guy was paralytic, but he wasn't mute. Because whenever I see a sick man in the Bible, or sick person in the Bible, what they did when Jesus was around was they chased after him. But if they couldn't chase after them, what would they do? 
So if we put ourselves as the paralytic man, what stopped him to speak out to get his healing? He wasn't mute, he was just paralyzed. But for some reason, he didn't want to talk. Which comes to the title of the message, what is coming out of you? The reason why I've named it what is coming out of you because I believe because he was paralytic, he either lost his faith or had no faith to the point that his mouth became paralyzed. And the reason why I say this, his situation overwhelmed him to the point where he couldn't speak. And so this is the point I wanna make, is that it's important for us to understand what you put in you will come out of you. And so if he's speaking as a paralyzed man, I'm paralyzed, I'm paralyzed, I'm paralyzed, I'll never get healed, what would happen to his body? He will stay paralyzed, but not just him being paralytic, everything became paralyzed. Because what you put in you will come out of you. It's because you can't pretend to have faith if what comes out of you is unbelief. Hello? I've seen this example before. Lemon, right? Let's just say this is the paralegal I've seen this example many times. And I thought it was relevant today. This is the paralytic man. Because he either stopped having faith or had no faith at all, he just had life and circumstance just dictate his life so that not only was he paralytic, but he made his, his whole body, his mouth, his mind, his spirit to be paralytic as well. Because what you put in you will come out of you. And so the pressure of life, and that when he just allowed life to consume him, let's just say inside the lemon is sour, life, life sour. Whenever he was under pressure just on life, all came out was being paralyzed, being paralyzed, being paralyzed. Because no matter how hard I squeeze this, I can't change this to be an orange or a lime or an apple or anything else because it's a lemon. So the question I wanna ask, I'm gonna ask you a few questions right now. When you get squeezed by life, what comes out of you? When you get squeezed by life, do you go, where is God? Or do you go, I trust God? Because Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. When life puts you against the ropes, what is coming out of you? Because if you're feeding nothing of the Word, if you're feeding nothing, no faith, if you have no nothing feeding you, what comes out of you? I can't do it. I'm gonna give up. The reason why we have many black backsliders in the church, people who, who leave God, even though backslider is not even a Christian term, so I'm not gonna use it. When people walk away from God, the reason why they walk away from God is because what they put in them. 
It's not because of anything else. It's because of what they put in them. Maybe your spouse or child does something that ticks you off. Anyone does that? Like your spouse or child ticks you off in the wrong way. What comes out of you? Is it anger and abuse? Or is it James chapter 1 verse 19 and 20? Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be all quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. That's one thing my wife, I remember like even throughout most of our marriage, she always asked me, why don't you get angry? I was like, I just can't. Because once I give room for anger in my life, I start becoming unrighteous. I start becoming the person that God never designed me to be. Here's the reason why I can forgive so quick. It's crazy. I, I, I don't like that I'm like that way. <laughs> it sounds weird, right? I don't like that I can forgive so quick. But I can't help it. Because the only reason why I can quick, quickly forgive is because God quickly forgave me. I said to one of the brothers in a text, I was like, human forgiveness takes time, but God's forgiveness is instant. But God's trained me over the years to forgive straight away, and I hate that I'm like that, but I just can't help it. So anytime someone does something against my family, against anything, the first thing I do is forgive. And sometimes I know it, it probably bothers my family but I just can't help it because what I put in will come out and so if I put bitterness and unforgiveness in me I won't realise that bitterness and unforgiveness comes out until later they're, they're quirky little seeds that try to hide away in your garden then one day they just pop out straight away Maybe someone does or says something that offends you. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever had someone that offended you? What comes out of you when they offend you? Is it really reta um, retaliation and unforgiveness? Yeah? Or is it Matthew 5.44? Ha <laughs> What does Matthew 5.44 say? But I say to you, love your enemies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Lord, oh, you don't make it easy. Oh, and then he makes it even worse. Bless those who curse you. Oh, okay, okay. And then he goes, do good to those who hate you. Oh, okay, okay. And then he goes, pray for those who spitefully use you. Oh, okay, so I just pray for those who use me. And then he goes, pray for those who spitefully um, use you and persecute you. The reason why the church doesn't look like the church is because what we're squeezing out is that we're cursing other people. The church is trying to be right for some reason. But God doesn't want us to be right. He wants us to be faithful. Because He is the justice. <laughs> what happens when someone speaks with you in disrespect? Anyone had that before? Sometimes I feel like punching that person in the head. No one? Okay, just me. But what comes out of you when someone disrespects you? 
Is it you disrespect them back and you start speaking unkind words to them? Or is it Proverbs 15 verse 1? It says, a soft answer turns away wrath. But harsh words stir up anger. Oh, a soft answer turns away wrath. What happens when we get a bad report when it comes to our health? What comes out of you? When my family was, um, I think I told you two weeks ago, my family were going like up against the ring every week. We were always in hospital. Like the, the kids were always in the hospital. Things around us were chaos. And in that moment, I had to realize what was coming out of me. So I never visited my nieces, nephews in hospital other than to pray. That's it. I just, I just literally go up and see them, pray for them, and then leave. Because what I was trying to activate in my life is that I'm believing for healing for them. And so I just want to keep just going up, pray, and then leave. So that when I leave, I'm just saying, God, they're going to leave with me. But what happens when we get a bad health report? What comes out of you? Is it I'm going to take what the doctor says and what my medication says and what the sickness says as truth of my life instead of fact? Or do we take the truth of Isaiah 53, verse 5? which says, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Because what comes out of you will tell on you. Can I say that again? What comes out of you will tell on you. You can say all this, all, this, all this nonsense. Oh, Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. And then all that comes out of you is hate. All that comes out of you is unforgiveness. So this Jesus is a friend of mine is fake. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, it's fake. And I'm not saying we've got to be perfect. I'm just saying what's coming out of us. And then when anger flares up, whew, step back. God doesn't want me to be angry. Because what did God do when he was on the cross? He said, Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And in my mind, I was like, God, they know what they're doing. <laughs> but they didn't know the repercussion was going to take place. And so even in the cross and his death and all the spare to his ribs and ripped his beard and the spit and the hatred and the words and all this other stuff still came out of him forgiveness. Even when blood and war was split, forgiveness still ran out of our Lord and Savior. And so I want to ask us this question, what's coming out of you? Because this faith journey requires us to fill us up with things of God. And I'm not saying you can't play games and have fun and all this other stuff. I'm just saying fill yourself more of God. And so if we want to be faith-filled believers, we need to be ones who fill ourselves with things 
that feed our faith. We can't accidentally become faith-filled believers. Yes, we get given a gift of faith, which is in us, but to be filled with faith, it's a practice every day. It's a stepping out every day. But if we're not stepping out, if we're not practicing it each and every day, don't expect to be faith-filled. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by what? It's up there, I think. Let's, come, let's say it again. Faith comes by... Okay, that's terrible. Faith comes by... Okay, let's try it again. Faith comes by... And by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing... And by hearing the Word of God, which then brings another challenge. I love challenges. Which brings us another challenge to which we have to take on is this. What are you hearing? Because if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, then we need to ask ourselves, what are our ears to? We need to ask ourselves this morning, who has my ear and what has my ear? You guys are right. If the world or life or the enemy or circumstances get your ear, it will get your thinking and it will get your actions. And so we need to examine our life and go, if faith comes by hearing, but only by hearing by the word of God, then where's my ear to? We have our ears too much towards media. I don't post that much when it comes to media stuff because I don't know what to believe. (laughs) But the world has so much towards media, towards conspiracies, towards everything, all of of this. And you know what? We Christians tend to get caught up in all of that. But we need to ask ourselves, who has my ear? Like the paralytic man. You know the paralytic man? The paralytic man, his ear was to his life and circumstance. That paralyzed more than his body, but his mouth to speak out. The paralytic man that we talked about who got his healing because of four men, imagine if there were no four men. What then? He would have been one who was just paralyzed throughout when Jesus was there. And so we need to take exam, like take stock and go, if we're the paralytic man, what is my ear to? Because if my ears to me being paralyzed constantly, then everything's gonna shut down. If my ears to, I can't do it, or I'm worthless, or I'm not good enough, everything about you will stay in that point. Why? Because that's what you put in your ear and start believing in here. And because you start believing in here, you start speaking it out there. Are we all right? So what is our ears to? I want to share a couple of stories of where people moved in faith. Matthew 8, 1 to 3, says this. And when Jesus came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him. Lepers weren't, around, weren't allowed around people. 
They were designated outside the city. They weren't around, around people because they were unclean. They were sinners. But this leper came and worshipped God, saying, I need you to look at this. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Can you see that? Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So in that time, Jesus was already around a bit. This is Matthew 8. Jesus was already performing miracles, doing his thing, and healing the sick. And so stories were going around. Because remember, back in the day, they didn't have the Bible like we have. So how things went across is by word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. Word of what? Mouth. So this guy, this leper, heard the word. He heard the word, and he went up to Jesus. Can we go to the, oh, yeah, here. Do you notice, oh, go, can we go to verse 2? Look at his statement. And behold, a leper came and wished him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Why is that, why is that significant? Look, if you're willing, you can, not can you. See the difference of faith? If there was Jesus, can you make me whole? There's no faith in that. I'm asking the question if he can do something. But he's saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me whole. Faith was activated. Why? Because of what he heard. So we need to look at our lives. What has our ear? Because if we're not reading stories in the Bible of miracles, if we're not reading the stories of when the Holy Ghost came in the upper room and went on people like on fire on shoulders and when they, he gave them tongues and all this other stuff, if we don't read any of those stories, then we'll have no faith to believe that God can heal someone today. You know what's real crazy? Haku was here. Yeah, Haku can witness it. There was a guy who randomly turned up in the, today and started talking to us. Real random. Real random guy. Gary. His name was Gary A. Real random guy started talking to us about Jesus and all this stuff. And how can you, like, some of the stuff is a bit wacko, like, oh, like weird. But, 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 you know what? God met me through him. Because you know what he said? He's like, sir, I see you got a big heart. I was like, okay. He's like, you're going to move in the prophetic and healing ministry. You know what's real, real funny about that? Is that last night, I was telling Haku, last night I felt God was saying, he wants to do healing more in this house. And it took a random guy who I was like a bit wacko come talk to me to confirm that this is what God wanted to do. But if I didn't read my word last night, if I didn't spend time with Jesus last night, I wouldn't have heard that from God. And so with this particular man, he goes to Jesus and says, you can heal me. And the reason why he could be healed is because he had faith in him to believe that this guy, Jesus, would heal him because of what he heard. And Luke 8, oh, Luke 18, probably everyone knows this story, but it goes like this in verse 35. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. 
And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. And so they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he's like, hey, hey, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He can't see. But he just heard that Jesus was passing by. Then those who went down warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. This blind man was blind for his whole life. And you know what? He could have stayed in his circumstances and allowed it to dictate his life, but he chose to cry out. This is the difference between this man and the man that was paralytic. He chose to cry out. Because he heard the word and allowed the word to build faith in here so that he could cry out. But maybe some of us are in this room right now and circumstances are bombarding us. Life bombarding us, family bombarding us, work bombarding us, and you feel so much pressure. Is anyone like that? You don't have to say, you don't have to put your hand up or anything, but if there's anyone who feels like that, you could either be one of these two people, the paralytic man that shuts his mouth because you allow circumstances to dictate here, or you can be like this man right here, this blind man, and say, I heard the word. You said, Lord, you could heal me. You said, Lord, you can bring breakthrough. You said, Lord, that you can bring freedom. If that is so, bring freedom. But allows our mouth, it needs our mouth to speak out. It needs in here to sh shift. It needs us to fill our lives, our wells, with faith-filled things so that faith comes out always when we go spilling. So what is coming out of you? When life has you against the rope, what is coming out of you? When your family is not where you want it to be, what's coming out of you? When your, when your kids are just driving you nuts. My son's not there yet, but I know it's coming. <laughs> but what happens when they drive you nuts, doing things that you're like, don't do that, I've done that, I've been there before. Any parents in here? I've been there before. But how you get squeezed out will determine what they do next. What is coming out of you? If it's not faith, can I encourage you? Re-examine your life, re-examine yourself, and then realign. You know what the beautiful thing about God is? Is that even when we're in the wrong place, He allows us to realign. And you know what? It's free of cost. Jesus doesn't have to die again for you. You don't have to do anything other than surrender and realign. I'm thankful that God's quick to forgive. I'm thankful that God doesn't stop our purpose when we quit on Him. I'm thankful that in the times of when of struggle, when I just was faithless and didn't have hope in God, God still had hope in me. And you know what? He has hope in you. And I believe this church as a whole has something significant to offer. 
And you might be going, oh, it doesn't look like much. <laughs> it didn't look like much for 12, but a whole world change. I'd rather have an army of 100 dedicated people than an army of 1,000 who weren't dedicated at all. If, if the fruits of the Spirit are not coming out of you, then you need to examine, do I have the Spirit in me? Because the fruit of the Spirit is Spirit-given. So the fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If that is not coming out of you when you're getting squeezed, then you need to go, God, those things are not coming out of me. Can I realign myself? So when things come and push me against the wall, love comes out. When things push me against the wall, peace comes out. You're not trying to start a war with your husband or wife. You're not trying to start a war with your kids or your family member, but you're choosing to peace. Long-suffering. You're choosing long-suffering over anything else. You're choosing kindness over anything else, goodness over everything else, faithfulness over everything else, gentleness, self-control. If Christ is not coming out of you, is Christ even in you? Ow. It's true. If Christ is not coming out of you, then actually, is he in you? We've got to examine it. If Christ is not coming out of me, then I need to really, 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 really examine. And you know what the great thing is? You can just come back to Christ. And go, God, I'm so sorry for not truly surrendering to you. I surrender. And you know what? God's not going to go, oh, but did you do step one and eight to five right now before you come to me? No, he's just going to go, I just, feel, I just really feel like we, as uh, people, need to re-examine where we are with our faith and what we truly believe because what, if what is coming out of us is not of the things of God, then we need to really examine us. And you know what? What would happen if, let's just say, 40, 50 of us chose to live this life for Jesus all in and that we lined all to Him and imagine all of us getting squeezed together of life but then Jesus pours out continuously through all of us. What would happen, not only within this church, but what would happen in your life? What would happen in the community that you live in? What would happen in your workplace? That your workplace knows you're going through a struggle, but for some reason you got a smile on your face, you're happy, you, you're like praising Jesus, and you're like, what is up with that person? It's because you've got God in your life. Because no matter what you're being squeezed with, Christ is in you. No matter what you're being squeezed, love is in you. No matter what you're being squeezed with, peace is with you. Peace is not a thing or, or some little absolute thing over there. Peace is God. He is Shalom. He's Yahweh Shalom. And so if He's Yahweh Shalom, if Yahweh Shalom is in here, then everything that pushes out of me should be Yahweh Shalom. So no matter what happens, like even with my, oh man, I'll, I'll tell you a true story. Me and my wife were like really worried, even Darren would know, very worried like um, earlier this year that we'd lose our home. Like we were worried that we'd lose our home. We couldn't, we couldn't like our finances, like even though like things were great, but we would lose our home because of, of everything that's happened around us, the, the, the interest rates and everything. Me and my, I was worried. I was like, God, I think I need to sell my home. 
That's the point where I got to. I didn't tell anyone. It was only by chance that Darren and that found out because I wasn't telling anyone. I'm like, nah. I was like, I'm going to face it myself. <coughs> you know what? It was not until we surrendered that God shifted things. I'm not selling my home. Has things changed a lot? Not really. <laughs> but what's changed is my faith in God. And for some reason, even though that we're paying more for a mortgage, for some reason, everything's taken care of. It just makes no sense. My wife's like, like we have talked sometimes, like, how do we make it? Like, how do we have this? And I'm like, I have no clue. Like, for some reason, we have more than what we had last year. But we're in a, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. But you know what? God doesn't make sense. You guys right? God doesn't make sense. Because the way God does things doesn't equal one plus one equals two. One plus one equals a thousand to God. I don't know. Like, it just doesn't make sense sometimes. When we give $20 to God, God's like a thousand. We're like, how does that work? We don't know. He's just God. He can do whatever he wants. You know what? God wants that for our life. Is that when we put our trust in him in the dire circumstance, that you'll shift things around. And maybe things in your life haven't changed. Maybe you're still at the workplace, still, on, still the same, but for some reason something's changed. It's your faith. Your faith is, is what switched it. And like I was looking at our life like this week, and I was like, God, I thank you that we're blessed. And I was talking to a client this week, and he was looking at my phone, <laughs> and he was like this to me. Because he's deaf, and he's like this. He's like, mm. like you're money baller. And I said, I'm not a money baller. And I was like, and that means I'm blessed. And he's like this. And I'm like, and I was like, you are going to be blessed. That's what I told him. He's not Christian. He's not saved. But I've been, he's been teaching me like sign language for the first time I met him this week. And I'm like, you're going to be blessed. And he's like, I was like, I'm serious. You're going to be blessed. Because now I'm like, for some reason, my, my faith inside me has switched where I'm like, because I'm blessed, every person I want to have contact with, you're going to be blessed. Why? Because what I'm putting in me. And so when anything gets squeezed out of me, anyone can taste and see that the Lord is good. Anyone, when someone comes, eats from my tree, I'll make sure that you're blessed. Not because of me, but because of the God that lives in me. Each and every one of us have that same, um, I don't want to say potential, but same design that God wants to use you and your workplace so that when you're blessed, the person that you're working with, you're going to be blessed too. Does it make sense? So I pray that as we go through this week, that we examine our life and look at what's coming out of us and Number two, what we're putting our ears to. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And if we are constantly just listening to media, listening to frustration, listening to other things other than God, you'll start noticing that you'll have more times of faithlessness because of what you're listening to. But if you keep going into the Word, whether it be on your phone, whether it be a proper Bible, if you keep reading what the Word of God says to you, what you're doing is filling yourself up with faith to believe for yourself, faith to believe for your family, faith to believe for your community, faith to believe for your workplace. That's what God wants us to do. He requires us to do it. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus 
for each person under the sound of my voice. I pray, Lord Father, that this week that we, are, we will examine ourselves on what's coming out of us. And if it's not you, I pray that we'll realign ourselves towards you. That, Lord Father, I pray that even our ears, what is our ears to? I pray that you, Holy Spirit, speak to us to realign ourselves to be people who are of your word so that we can be faith-filled to live out faith-filled. And so I pray over every person right now, every family represented here, every person that couldn't make it today, whether it be sick or something else, I pray blessing upon each and every one of them. I pray that, Lord Father, any need in their life, whether it be, whether it be um, physical, whether it be spiritual, whether it be, whether it be um, finances, whatever, I pray that there be a breakthrough this week, that, Lord Father, that testimonies will take place next week. I pray, Lord Father, that there be a breakthrough not only in our, in our area around us, but I pray that there be a breakthrough in us as well. I pray blessing in the name of Jesus, we pray. All God's people say, Amen. 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 Give